0: Welcome to the Everything Works Out For Us podcast. My name is Marina, and I'm so happy that you're here to join me on this journey of embracing a growth mindset that's grounded in gratitude and self-awareness. I'm an REBT mindset life coach, actor, singer, content creator, and the bigger sister that you always wanted, and I'm ready to start turning our mental and emotional roadblocks into roadmaps. In each episode, I holistically utilize psychology, spirituality, and my own personal experiences to strive to empower you to step into your power and deeply connect to both your inner knowing and the world around you. Let's grow together hello my beautiful listeners and welcome back to the pod today is a very special episode because i have emily lies joining me you might know her from tiktok she is a brain training specialist hypnosis practitioner and actor and she has so much wisdom to share surrounding how we have the power to transform our lives for the better Emily focuses a lot on how we can use our imagination and creativity to retrain our mindset, form better habits, and lead more positive and overall fulfilling lives. What I love about Emily's work is that she always gives very practical and accessible tips and tools on how we can change our stress responses, build up our self-esteem and self-worth, and access more joy in our lives. So without further ado, I'll let Emily speak. Let's get into the interview. Hey, Emily, welcome to the show. I am super excited to have you today.
1: Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here.
0: I am a big fan of your TikTok, and I'm really excited to learn more from you and to expose all of my listeners to you. And I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but I'm really excited for your podcast <laughs> as well. So by the time this episode is uploaded, your podcast will be released, which is really exciting. But anyway, let's just dive right into it. I would love to hear just a little bit more about who you are and your journey, not only as a hypnotist, brain training specialist, but also as a human and an actor as well. Yeah. So, you
1: know, you, you kind of, you kind of covered some of it. I'm a brain training specialist and a hypnosis practitioner. Um, I'm also an actor and vocal, uh, vocalist by training. So I, I got my start in musical theater before all of the brain science and all of the hypnosis and revelations that came with that. I, I studied musical theater and I, always wanted to pursue, you know, musical theater in New York city. Broadway was always the big goal. And around the end of my senior year of college, I got very, very sick. Um, I just completely crashed. My body was so burnt out and I um, was unable to get on stage. I was unable to get back on stage after graduating and that was really challenging. Um, And so doctors told me that they didn't know what was wrong or once they were able to identify it they said that I would be sick forever essentially um and i did not really take no for an answer so i started seeking other alternative ways to recover and heal and that's how i discovered brain training and hypnosis and i used it personally um there there are protocols that are out there specifically for chronic mystery illnesses like my own and I gave it a try and I fully recovered within a matter of months and I was able wow. to get back on stage. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, blew my mind. I know it sounds like a miracle snake oil <laughs> kind of thing. You know, it's it's too sounds too good to be true, honestly. Um, but I discovered brain training through that very personal discovery and an experience, and I just became fascinated by how it changed my life, not only as an individual and as a human, um, because I, I recovered from chronic illness, I reduced my anxiety and depression significantly. My mental health was so much better than it had ever been. But as an actor, I was also more creative and confident and Trusting of my instincts. By the time I got back on stage, I was a better performer than I'd ever been, even though it had been years and years <laughs> since I'd been on stage. And I just became so obsessed with how powerful our brains are in not only healing our bodies, but becoming the versions of ourselves that we want to be as artists, as individuals. And there's just so much possibility in using mental practices, which we can delve into more specifically, um, so people have examples, but in just being able to like more of our lives as artists, as people in, you know, very difficult industries, and also just as humans, being able to train our brains to take in more of the good experiences that we have
0: is life-changing. So yeah, that's how I got into this work. Yeah. (laughs) That is truly incredible, especially the fact that you said a matter of months. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really – not for everyone, of course, but sometimes that's all it can take is by rewiring our brains, it can do a full body and life transformation. Mm -hmm. That is so inspiring and I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy (laughs) to hear it. And also, I'm just so happy that it's possible. I'm sure that in those moments you felt really hopeless, especially when you're getting – you know, told by these doctors, oh, you can never get better. We don't know what's mm-hmm. wrong. It feels like the end of your life. So yeah, that's amazing that all it took for you, not all it took, but yeah. But it it's took, very
1: hard work. I mean, it, t- it definitely yes. took an an hour a day of of really committing to self-hypnosis and, and mental practices. So it, it does take commitment, but I will say I was about 50% better within like two weeks and it just – Absolutely blew my mind. I mean, I was bedbound when I was at yeah. my sickest, and yeah, it's it's pretty incredible how powerful our brains are when we use the tools and learn the tools that we have available to us. And that's the thing we We don't really have access to this kind of information, and that's yeah. how I kind of started my work, I really wanted to make these resources accessible because people can change their own minds and bodies. And I'm not saying this to diminish, you know, there's so many chronic conditions that are so challenging and it's not a a cure-all, but there's so much that we can do to help ourselves feel a bit better. And I just want people to know about all of these resources that are available to them that can support medical treatment that can, you know, help in the healing process in any way to supplement what they're already doing. It's pretty
0: amazing what we are capable of. Absolutely. And also in my mind, there's no downside to it either. Yeah. yeah. if something doesn't work, (laughs) even if, you know, these brain training exercises don't work, it's not going to hurt you. So might as well give it a try.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is when we, it might, it might not cure a chronic illness. It might not. Fix or, or resolve the things that we're seeking to treat with them. But when we change our experiences, our brains have no choice but to change. So when we start shifting our focused attention onto really amplifying the positive experiences we have or by using self-hypnosis to give ourselves imagined experiences that are supportive to us, our brains literally have no choice but to change for the better because Mm -hmm. our brains learn from the experiences that we're giving them.
0: Yeah. I want to inquire about your identity pre-figuring all of this out and then who you are now as very trained and informed um, about all this brain training stuff. So did you always view yourself as an actor and like as a performer? Was that your main identity? Oh, can you say more about what you mean by identity? I guess it's something that I'm really focusing on myself and figuring out who I am um, and also trying to separate who I am from what I do. Uh, But for the most part of my life, I've always tied my identity to being an actor. And then Mm. when I hit this wall and I felt like I couldn't perform anymore and it was doing more harm than good, I had this kind of crisis where I was like, I don't really know who I am anymore. And I had to uncover the qualities about myself that allow me to be a performer. Um, You know, I'm a talented person or I'm someone who loves singing, but even if I'm not in a show at the moment, I still am a worthy human being. So I'm just wondering if when you got sick, if you had this kind of crisis as well, where you're like, I don't know who I am. I'm not a performer. Did you go through something like that? 100%.
1: Yeah. So I was was coming out of theater school when I got sick. So I had just graduated and in in theater training programs, that is that's kind of the whole thing. We are what we do because we do it all day, every day. And so I went from, you know, performing, acting, singing, dancing, rehearsing until one in the morning and then waking Mm -hmm. up for ballet at 8 a.m. every single day. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'm sure that a lot of the listeners listeners relate to that. That is who we are because that's the community we're a part of. And all of a sudden, I lost not only my ability to do those things, I lost access to that community because I moved back in with my parents. So I lost all of the the people that reinforced that that was who I was, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And yeah, I I was very depressed because I had no idea who I was outside of being the person who Saying for three hours a day because that's also what brought me joy. So it not only took away the identity piece of it, it took away my ability to do the things that made me feel good. So I couldn't perform, I couldn't tell stories, I couldn't do all of these things. And it was really, really hard. And I didn't know who I was at all during that period of time. And, you know, the amazing thing was when I started doing this self hypnosis and brain training work to recover a big piece of the process and the protocol is visualization and mental rehearsal and imagining circumstances that bring you a sense of joy so in a nutshell i mean there's there's a lot more to the program than this i'm oversimplifying it but in a nutshell you You visualize a past memory or a moment that made you feel so healthy and so joyful and so full, and then really channel that energy and that sense of health in your body into imagining what it would feel like to have access to that in the future. And then you carry that joy and that health into visualizing a future scenario because our brains process imagination the same as reality for the most part. So, as actors, we know this when we, you know, play a character that is experiencing grief on stage, we feel it. We feel that really intensely. And the same is true in imagination and and self-hypnosis. And so all of a sudden, when I was doing these practices, I was thinking about all the scenarios and, and memories that brought me joy. And I was visualizing myself on stage again. And even though I wasn't performing, my brain was perceiving that I was doing those things every single day, and that I was loving every minute of it because I was visualizing the best parts of those memories. And I was able to reconnect with the parts of my identity of an actor that supported me and disconnect from the parts that didn't support me. So I was really only fueling the joyful part of it. Um, that's not to say that I don't have an identity outside of acting, but that really helped me just reconnect with the artistry that made me feel so joyful and the pl- the sense of play and the sense of reward and community because I really leaned into those circumstances and even though I hadn't been on stage for years at that point I felt full if that makes sense it felt really I felt nourished by those experiences um and so by the time I got back on stage for real it became so much easier to just focus on those joyful moments and really amplify them and stay in touch with the parts of my actor identity that supported me and let go of the ones that didn't and be able to really hold on to why I wanted it in the first place. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and I I will say I definitely pivoted in my career. I haven't performed since before Covid. so um, wow. I moved to New York City in December of 2019 and I was like I'm going to settle in I'm going to take some classes and then I'm going to start auditioning in maybe March let's say March 2020 that sounds like a good time and then the <laughs>
0: world shut down the universe so, said no not your path sweetie not yet <laughs> no so
1: I you know pivoted and and I since I started learning about brain training and hypnosis I've kind of had these two parallel trajectories in my life and these two parallel careers of things that really bring me a lot of joy. And so I just I pivoted and dove head head first into um the brain training work. I ended up getting a master's degree in mind body medicine during that time, but um all that to say I haven't I haven't performed since 2019. It's been I guess like 5 4 or 5 years now. And I sing all the time. I perform on TikTok if you want to consider that performing, but because I have already done the work to connect to my identity as an artist internally. I don't feel like I'm less of an artist because I haven't performed for that long. I feel like anytime I sing for myself, for my cats, with my partner, or just in a video on the internet, that is that version of me that's coming out, even though I'm not on a Broadway stage right now.
0: That's so beautiful. That, that almost made me tear up a little bit. <laughs> oh. I think that's exactly what I needed to hear as well. Because literally, just like you said, it's about finding the joy in performing, whether it's doing it alone or with your partner or whoever, or getting to do it on a stage. And that mm-hmm. that's the core of identity. It's not yeah. the validation, the admiration. Um, the community is a questionable part of it, but you know, um, <laughs> yeah um, that is something that I that I also feel like I need. But anyway, I digress. um yeah. I would love to talk about some some strategies that you have, um whether it be for actors or just for humans in general to start training our brain to focus on those more positive aspects. And again, going back to acting and performing, you said that you are now able to, take the good and let go of the negative aspects of it. So in that case, you know, maybe it's the not feeling good enough aspects or the burnout, et cetera. Um, I have some personal favorites of yours that I use, (laughs) so we could start there, but I would love to hear you chat more about things like upwards posture or acknowledging moments of enoughness or if there's any strategies mm. that you have that are personal favorites. Oh, there's so
1: many. So those are great. So um posture is is huge. And as actors in our training, I mean we spend all this time finding our center and figuring out how to use our bodies to to really embrace the emotional experiences of our characters. And so we intuitively know that if we slouch over, it's going to make us sad, right? There's actual scientific support to this concept and, and it's really fascinating. So when we have a downward posture, if we're looking down, we're kind of hunched over on the couch and we're scrolling on our phones. Um, there was a study that showed that when we do that, it inhibits our ability to access positive memories and it makes it so much easier to access negative memories. So if after an audition, you just curl up on the couch and you're looking down at your phone, you're going to be more likely to remember all of the the parts of that audition that didn't go so well. That's
0: crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty wild. And the opposite is also true. So if you have an upwards posture, if you are looking up with your eyes and you're standing tall, it actually makes it harder to access those negative memories and it makes it easier to access the positive ones. So a really really simple thing that you can do after an audition, after a performance or even just if you're feeling kind of crappy about yourself is to go go for a walk outside. If you are living in a city, just look up at the buildings. Just count all of the windows on the top floors of the buildings that you're seeing, and this act of looking up will just make it so much easier for you to hold on to the good stuff that's already happening in your life. So it's it's a pretty
0: simple physical trick. Um, So in that case, the same must be true for when you wake up or before you go to an audition or before you go on a first date or anything exciting. mm -hmm. If you're Mm -hmm. doing that upwards posture, you're literally setting yourself up for success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a reason we say that we're down when we're sad. There's a reason we say we're uplifted when we are happy. It's a very real physiological signal to our brains of the the mindset and perspective that we want. So that's a really, really simple way to harness those things. Um, The other example that you gave is a really beautiful one, especially for performers. We move through our lives being told that we're not good enough, you know, either to our faces or (laughs) indirectly all the time if we're getting rejected from auditions, if we are watching other people perform in a masterclass before us and they're singing the same song like we our story is that we're not enough so often and it's first of all it's just not true every single human is enough just as we are and there's a really beautiful and simple way I don't want to say easy it's simple but it is it is takes work to shift this um perspective to really help us believe that we are in fact enough. Now, what we put our focused attention on is amplified in our minds and informs our experience just no matter what. So if you're focusing on how cold you are, you're going to be colder. If you're focused on that itch on your arm, you're going to feel itchy, right? But if you're focused on how beautiful your surroundings are, even though it's cold, you're going to appreciate the beauty more than focusing on those physical sensations. So the same is true for our enoughness. And as we move throughout our day, there's all of this evidence that proves that we are already enough. We're just not noticing it. So I would encourage people to move throughout their day and start recognizing the teeny tiny moments where you feel like you are enough And that is like the smallest, smallest thing. So I'm enough to say this sentence right now and be on this podcast. I was enough for my cat to sit on my lap and receive some love. I was enough for the person to hold the door for me at the store today. I am enough. I'm good enough at cooking to make myself lunch, right? I'm enough to take care of my body and go take a shower. It's really, really basic stuff. When we meet our own needs, if somebody acknowledges us in any way, That's proof that we are enough and we just let them pass us by so often. We don't spend the time to focus on them. And this is not about ignoring the negative things that happen in our life. It's not about ignoring our challenges, but when we channel our focused attention onto that proof, then our brains are going to start to learn from those experiences because what we put our attention on is amplified in our experience. And the more you notice those things, the more you acknowledge and enjoy them, the more your brain's going to start to seek them out by default. So if you notice every single time someone smiles at you and you say to yourself, I'm enough and this is true because this is proof right here, then that's building that belief and that evidence and it's going to change the way your brain is functioning.
0: Yeah. It's my my nerdy little brain being like (laughs) the the reticular activating system. Yes. Like (laughs) we're testing out (laughs) the things that prove our own beliefs to be true. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, a lot of the time it really does take that conscious effort, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that, I would love to hear your input on thought reframing and redirection because mm. for me, I feel like there's a line that can be a bit confusing when you are experiencing a negative emotion and you don't, want to immediately shut it down or suppress it or deny it because that Mm -hmm. emotion is then going to find its way into your body and live Mm -hmm. there and build and cause chronic stress and tension, et cetera, and cause more harm than good. So where is the line between reframing those thoughts to get out of those negative thought spirals, but to still honor what you're feeling because it's okay to be sad and disappointed, mm-hmm. but we don't want to live there.
1: Yeah, that's really, really important. And this is not about toxic positivity or pretending mm-hmm. like everything is wonderful and great. Every single emotion we experience has a purpose. It is, they are all valid, they are all important. And I actually like to reframe the phrase negative emotion and call it a survival emotion
0: oh, because I like that.
1: emotions aren't bad. And we have this, this understanding that like stress and sadness and disappointment and shame and anger are bad, but they're just a part of our experience and they often come up when our brains and bodies are trying to protect us from something that's uncomfortable. And that is just to serve our survival. And so when we are in survival, in the most basic sense, our brains perceive that we're not safe. and whether it's, you know, true or not, it's, it's a real experience in our own systems that is worthy of being honored. And so the most important thing to keep in mind is when those survival emotions come up, the goal isn't to fix it. The goal is to soothe it and help ourselves feel as safe as we can in the moment. So I don't know. I, I talk about this phrase of or this concept of redirection a lot um in my work. And it's basically the idea that the lifespan of an emotion is about ninety seconds. And when it lasts longer than that, it's being re-triggered by our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so, and we we see this in action with little kids all the time. So if the little kid starts crying, they're upset. They drop their ice cream cone, and their parent, within those 90 seconds says oh my gosh look there's a butterfly over there let's go see this butterfly they might still be crying as they're looking at this butterfly until it moves out of their system but it takes about a minute and a half for them to calm down and redirect and soothe and feel better and move into a new emotional experience and so we can keep this in mind with our own with our own emotions as adults where If we have an emotional experience of of survival, it's not about saying, oh, this is bad. Let's fix it. Let's make it go away. It's just how can we soothe ourselves for the next 90 seconds to honor it, to name that it's here, and then allow it to move out of our bodies. So there's a difference between an emotion and a feeling. So emotions are our physiological moving through our systems. When we go into a fight or flight response, we have stress in our bodies. We can allow that stress to leave our systems. And then when we're feeling calm, we might still be having the feeling of stress or have thoughts around worry of a situation without having our bodies be activated. So the practice of redirection is simply to shift our focused attention to something for those 90 seconds to allow our bodies to process the emotion through and out of it. And then we can return to the challenge that we're facing, feeling a little bit more calm, feeling more safe, feeling more soothed. So our bodies have more capacity to feel okay as we're dealing with that
0: hard thing. Okay. So we're regulating our nervous system in a sense out of that, out of that uh, dysregulated zone yeah. and then yeah. processing it once we're back into safety.
1: Yes, absolutely. Because when we don't, if we're trying to work through a problem, if we're in a stress response, if our nervous systems are activated, we have less access to rational thought. Mm-hmm. Our prefrontal cortexes are not at the forefront of our of our functioning. So we have less access to work through The hard thing that we're facing. And so the key is to really regulate and show our bodies that we're safe. And then once we feel a little bit more safe and calm, it's so much easier to return to that challenge. It's not about redirecting and then never facing it ever again. It's just soothing in the moment to show our bodies, okay, we just got rejected from this show that we were in callbacks for and we're really upset about it. Let's soothe ourselves. Let's feel those feelings and show our bodies and brains that we're safe. And then once we move through the emotional activation, we can think about it. We can process it. We can journal about it and do whatever we need to do. It's not about ignoring the circumstances. It's about soothing through
0: it. So what we're speaking on right now sounds more like when we get triggered, Mm -hmm. like into a state like that, do you, do you think it's different when you're living in a state of depression, when you're kind of just living on that Mm. lower vibrational frequency? Are there ways that we can honor that when we still want to feel better?
1: Yeah. I think no matter what emotional state we're experiencing, it's important to tell our brains and bodies that it's okay that we're feeling whatever it is we're feeling. A phrase that I really love when I feel stuck in that state Mm -hmm. is just, I put my hand on my heart and I just close my eyes and I say, I love you. I'm listening. I love you. Mm. I'm listening. Because so often we just don't want to listen because it's hard to feel it. It's hard to listen to what it's saying. And it becomes easier. It often makes me cry. And then when we cry, it allows those emotions to move through us. It gives our bodies something to do with it, but yeah, it's, there's nothing wrong with the emotional experiences that we have, even when they're uncomfortable, even when we go through experiences of depression, it's worthy, or we are worthy of acknowledging whatever experience we're having in that moment. So if you're experiencing that kind of um, experience for lack of a better word, <laughs> um, and you're feeling depressed and you're stuck in that, that's not the time to redirect because that is a more of an ongoing thing as opposed to an emotion that comes through us and leaves us. So we don't want to just redirect and say, everything's great. Look at all these beautiful butterflies. Look at this ice cream, etc. cetera. There's more going on there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that it's a little bit more complicated to to process through that. Redirection is really powerful for heightened emotional responses. So like when we're triggered, when we're feeling stressed, if we're feeling angry or overwhelmed, that's the time to use it. Mm -hmm. That's a good
0: clarification. Mm -hmm. On one of your TikToks or probably multiple of your TikToks, you talked about habits. And something Mm -hmm. that really resonated with me is that habits, even if we view them as negative habits. At the end of the day they're trying to keep us safe. So I would love if you could talk a little bit more about that, how we can change our habits to actually serve us um while we honor that need that we have that created the habit in the first place. Yeah,
1: so habits always serve a purpose. We always we we think in such black and white terms like positive negative emotions, good habits or bad habits. Mm-hmm. But all of these things are there for our survival. I think that's the theme of this whole conversation is our brains are trying to help us survive in the best way that they know how. And so if you have a habit that you want to break, it's necessary to understand what need it is fulfilling because habits always exist to, to support a need. So they often are there to help us cope with stress or escape negative emotion or survival emotions. Let's say that. Mm -hmm. Um, and let's, let's use some examples. So some people, I don't know, pick the skin around their fingernails, right? That's a really common, I do that a lot. I pick my nails, not the skin, but the the nail itself. Yeah. So a lot of people do that and that fulfills the need of needing to, to move our hands when we're feeling, overwhelmed or when we're feeling like we need stimulation. I have ADHD. So that is really something that I default to if I don't have something to do with my hands. And that is our body's way of processing our experiences. And so instead of just saying, I'm not going to pick my fingernails anymore, we can ask ourselves, what purpose does that serve? What do I gain from it? Because we always gain something from a habit. Mm -hmm. And then how can I replace that activity with something that matches that need. So I am playing with a slinky underneath my desk right now because I I, (laughs) so I fidget with things and I get I have fidget toys instead of picking my fingernails. And I have I have a pop socket on my phone that I play with when I am out and about and I need something to do with my hands. And that fulfills that need. It allows my body to have the way to physically process in the way that it needs. Um, A bigger example, which is a little bit more complex, but um, smoking often fulfills a need of being able to go outside and get fresh air in the quiet and take some deep breaths. We all need that. And so it's an opportunity. Our brains perceive that as an opportunity to fulfill that need. And so of course there's, there's more to it with things that have addicting properties to them, but If someone's trying to quit smoking, think about how you can fulfill that need of getting that fresh air, getting that deep breathing, that time alone, and that will help the process of shifting into a new habit be so much easier and faster and your needs are still met and you're not just suppressing that stress.
0: You're, you're actually fulfilling it in a way that's supportive to you. Yeah. I'm like, hmm. How do I take up smoking in a healthy way where I just (laughs) want to go outside and take a few deep breaths? Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. As we wrap up this episode, if there is one thing that the listeners can do today, I know this is a hard question, but if there's one thing, whether it's an activity or a somatic practice or something to make their day a little bit better and happier, what would that be? Ooh. Okay.
1: So I always recommend using your imagination, especially because so many of these listeners are storytellers. Mm -hmm. I, As a hypnosis practitioner, it's my favorite thing in the world because our brains process imagination the same as reality, as I've said before. So that means that we can curate our daydreams and our imagination to support how we want to feel. So I highly recommend that every single person starts their day asking themselves, how do I want to feel today? And that could be confident. It could be energized. It could be calm. It could be patient, or it could be assertive or creative or focused, et cetera, whatever it is, ask yourself, how do I want to feel in the tasks that I have to do today? And then ask yourself, what is a possible future scenario or something that's happened in the past that would help me feel that way? So for example, if I wanted to feel calm, I might visualize myself walking on a beautiful beach at sunrise and really, really focus on all the details, all of the sights, the sounds, smells, tastes, sensations, emotions, interact with that imagined scenario. And it's going to become real in my body. My body's going to start to feel the sand beneath my feet. It's going to start to hear the seagulls and smell the sea mist in the air. And that will cause me to feel like I'm at the beach and then I can carry that into the rest of the day. If I wanted to feel confident, I might visualize my Broadway debut and the applause and the lights and all of the excitement. I might want to visualize myself uh, doing a creative project that I'd done in the past. This can also be a memory of, of something very real that happened to you. Revisit something that helps you feel creative and then conjure up that emotional experience, and then maybe imagine what it would be like to carry that feeling through the rest of your day. And that's actually going to set you up to have more access to it as you move through your day, because our imaginations are so powerful and we have access to them always. I mean, it doesn't have to be a formal process. You don't have to sit and close your eyes. You can think about it while you're brushing your teeth or while you're in the shower or driving to work. And And it's something that you have available to you to shift how
0: you're feeling in an instant. It's pretty amazing. It's a really good reframe on setting an intention as well. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like that can be a little bit vague and confusing when people are like, what's your intention for today? It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, my intention is confidence. But then what? How? (laughs) How? Yeah, exactly. So visualization is a perfect thing that you can actually do Mm -hmm. to to live out your intention for the day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. Um, Yeah. Now the floor is yours. Give yourself a shout out. Give yourself a self promotion. I just want to say that I took one of Emily's uh, brain training classes. It was a Zoom class and it was amazing. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to highly recommend it myself. But Emily, (laughs) Uh gas yourself up, girl. <laughs> awesome. All right. So I've got
1: some huge things that are coming out around the time that this will be released. So uh first and foremost, I have a podcast that is
0: Yay. coming out on
1: January 29th called How to Like Your Life. It is a solo podcast released for the first season where I will delve into different topics relating to mental health and well-being and really delve into the practical ways that you can access those resources within you. So there's so many podcasts and conversations out there where people talk about these concepts and nobody really tells you how to achieve adopting a positive mindset or reducing your stress or regulating your nervous system. And so it's a very tangible, very practical podcast for you to walk away with something that you can do today to like more of your life today. So I'm very excited about that. How to like your life is
0: also- That's exactly what Emily's TikTok is as well. Very (laughs) simple tips that you can take. So just wanted to throw that out there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great representation of what you'll get in the podcast. It's just going to be a much, much deeper dive. Um, And How to Like Your Life, the podcast is also paired with my brand new hypnosis app called Dottle, which is also releasing in the next week or so. And I'm so excited about it. So Dottle is – full of over a hundred different unique hypnosis recordings that help you access your imagination and get yourself into a deeply relaxed and creative state to be able to Shift how you're feeling very, very quickly and change your brain in really intentional ways. Hypnosis is not what it seems like in the movies. You are in control the entire time for anyone who has never tried it or is unsure about it. It's a very empowering and relaxing process to create the changes you want to see in your life. And How to Like Your Life is paired with Dottle in that there is a library that matches with the episodes. So you will learn about all these concepts in the episodes of the podcast. And then you will get a guided hypnosis recording uh, in Dottle to support the work that you're doing. So I'm very excited about that. You can also find me at on Instagram at Emily Lies and on TikTok at EmilyLies.hypnosis.
0: Yay. Well thank you again so much, Emily. I am I am sitting at the edge of my seat. <laughs> I can't wait for the app for the pod. And I so appreciate you taking the time to come on my pod today. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel so honored to have Emily on the show. Please go check her out on TikTok at emilylies.hypnosis. That's E M I L I E l-e-y-e-s dot hypnosis. We only briefly touched on some of the incredible tools that she teaches to promote mindfulness and redirect our thoughts to live a more desired reality and enhance our self-confidence. There is so much gold on this page, y'all, and I cannot wait for the app and podcast either. The neuroplasticity in our brains is really amazing, and we do have the power to grow, adapt, and change our beliefs and lives, so just the fact that Emily so openly shares all of these skills and tips and tricks so freely with us, take advantage of it. Her tips have really changed my life and I hope that they change yours too. So go give her some love and thank you all again for all of your support on my pod. Please check me out on TikTok as well at everything works out for us pod. That's works without an O and I will see you next Wednesday.